just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. I hope your day is going well. I want to give you a heads up. Now, this podcast that you're about ready to listen to is going to be like the other podcast, talking about politics and war and current events and all the crazy fucked up shit going on in our country and in the world. But the next two podcasts, the one tomorrow and the one the next day, are going to be totally different than what you've heard during the Rational Boomer podcast. And the reason for that is I had to pre-record them yesterday. I did two podcasts that will run tomorrow and the next day. And that's because I'm going to Arizona, spending time with some friends, having some fun, taking a vacation. It's going to be impossible for me to say, look, I got to slip away for an hour. I got to do a podcast. They aren't going to understand that. My wife is not going to like it. So that's not what I'm going to do. So instead, I recorded two podcasts. Now, here's the problem. I'm usually talking about the news of today, what's going on. But if I pre-record it two days in advance or three days in advance or whatever the fuck it is, I'm not going to be able to be on top of things. I'm going to be talking about things that maybe aren't news anymore or not getting the full explanation of something that might be going on. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be wrong or, or late on something. I want to be able to give you the information as I get it and provide it to you. But I can't because I'm pre-recording those podcasts. I already pre-recorded the podcasts. So here's the deal. This podcast is going to be like you expect. The next two podcasts won't be anything like you expect. And then the podcast after that, when I get back, we'll get back to normal and do the normal things. Hopefully you understand that. Now, when you hear those next two podcasts, if you like the content, let me know. If you don't like the content, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> I'm kidding. Tell me whatever you want to tell me. If you like it or don't like it, it doesn't matter. But be sure to listen to that. Uh, those two podcasts, because it's going to be a departure from what we normally do with the Rational Boomer podcast. I don't know if it's a good idea or a bad idea, but it's the only idea I could come up with given the circumstances. Anyway, let's get to getting, get down to business. I've got a couple of emails, and I'm always asking you for emails or voicemails. You can reach out to me and send me an email at rationalboomer at gmail.com. They always come to me. I always see them, and I will always respond to them one way or another. Typically, I like to put them on the air because I really want uh, the audience to participate in the program. And so we're going to read a couple of the emails that I got in earlier today. First of all, it says, Hi, Mike. This is coming from Albert. It says, Hi, Mike. I listen to your podcast every day, dude. <laughs> I look forward to a great podcast. I'll get right to the question. You say you are not a Democrat, but definitely not a Republican. Then what are you? <laughs> a lot of people asking that question. Here's where I come from. I'm a left-of-center Democrat, very liberal. I believe in most of the progressive ideas, but not all. I take the good with the bad, but ultimately I vote with most Democrats. 
There'll be some Democrats, for whatever reason, I don't want them in office again, and I'll vote against them. But I still call myself a Democrat. If you're not a Democrat, then what are you, libertarian and independent? Nothing wrong with that except voting for a third party is like throwing away your vote. There hasn't been a formidable third-party candidate since Rosh Perot, and he wasn't even that formidable. Now, I know you're not either one of those, right? So why not call yourself a Democrat? Just curious. By the way, I'm not going at you. I, I really do like your podcast. Good, uh, Godspeed, Albert. Okay, I've talked about this before, and here's the deal. I don't join clubs. I just don't join clubs because clubs can be corrupt. Anytime you lock yourself into a club and their rules and regulations, you're going to go against your better judgment at one time or another. I just don't join clubs. I don't like it. I've been in a few clubs in my life. I always hate it. I always leave. I don't join clubs when it comes to politics, and I don't join clubs when it comes to religion. I've said this about religion, and, and you can hate me for it or like me for it. It doesn't matter. It's just my personal choice, and I look at religion as a personal choice. I don't believe in organized religion because, to me, it just seems like clubs uh, formed and run by humans. And if I'm dealing with God, I want to deal directly with God, and that's what I do. I don't go through the clubs. I go through whatever and go right to God, okay? Now, in terms of politics, I've always said this. As much as I hate Republicans now, and you couldn't get me to vote Republican for anything in the world, and I will never vote for Republicans for a long time because they're going to have to change dramatically. Even after 2022 and 2024, this hangover, this bullshit that the Republican Party is spouting is going to stick with them for a while. Even if they decide to walk away from Donald Trump, they've been exposed for who who they are. And so I would never side with them. They've exposed who they are. Now, the Democrats are fighting against the Republicans. That's why I'm voting for and supporting Democrats, because it is the only way to get rid of the Republicans, who I think are the scourge of this earth and uh, the one force that's trying to undermine our way of life, our government, our democracy. And I'll side with anybody who is against that and is fighting against it and has a chance to beat it. But let me explain something to you. I'm neither a Democrat or a Republican. I guess you could call me an independent, but I've never registered as an independent. I'm not going to do that. Because again, independent, that's another fucking club I don't want to be in. I'm an individual and I vote based on who I think is good. Just because I'm not a Democrat or Republican doesn't mean I vote third party. I don't, because I know what you said is true. They don't have a choice in winning or a chance in winning. And I'm not going to go that way. I'm not going to waste my vote that way. But if you look at the history of this country and our government, there's been a lot of problems and a lot of things done to the middle class that isn't fair. I'll give you an example. The Build Back Better bill. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again to illustrate what I'm trying to say here. When they were looking to pass the Build Back Better bill, they said this was transformational, the biggest bill for the middle class in 80 years. And that pissed me off. I mean, think about it. 
80 years, our government hasn't done much at all for the middle class, even though that's their fucking job. And here's the thing you have to consider. Over those 80 years, we've had Republicans in power and we've had Democrats in power. I'm not with Democrats against Republicans or Republicans against Democrats. In my eyes, in my heart, I see it us against them. Americans, the American public, the middle class, whatever you want to call it, we're the ones that get uh, slighted by these people. So all we can really do is look at who's ever running and vote the best person for the job. I don't... uh, (laughs) To, to, to use a word from LGBTQ, I don't identify as Democrat or Republican. I, re, I, I see myself as just me, just me. I think the Democrats and the Republican parties and the fighting amongst them is the one thing that's hurting this country. <clears throat> Everybody talked about Donald Trump getting 74 million votes. Does that mean that 74 million people supported everything Donald Trump did? No. No, it doesn't. It's more like a third of the country that likes Donald Trump. But you got all these other people that vote Republican because dad voted Republican, because grandpa voted Republican, because great-great-grandpa voted Republican, and they would never vote for a Democrat. So even though Donald Trump is a piece of shit, he's a Republican, so I'm voting Republican. You see, it kind of pigeonholes you. Now, the Republican Party was a relatively respectable party, at least in comparison to Democrat. They were about the same. Donald Trump comes in. He tears the whole fucking thing down and pretty much destroys the Republican Party. So I want to do anything I can to get rid of the Republicans and certainly Donald Trump. But that's not to suggest I trust Democrats or I believe in Democrats. But you'll say to me, well, look, they're trying to help the middle class now build back better. They're doing the, uh, all these bills that's going to help the middle class. Great. And I want to take advantage of that. I think we should get all of that that they put up there. But why are they doing that? I mean, because we're talking build back better being a transformational bill not done in 80 years. Where were the Democrats in the last 80 years? They had opportunities to do this sort of thing, but they fucking didn't. But what they realized in this situation by siding with the middle class, it was the way to beat the Republicans and Donald Trump. So that's what they did. I'm not absolutely sure that they believe in it or want it to be that way. They just see it as a way to beat the Republicans. So I think we should take advantage of it and grab as much of it as we possibly can, because I believe that in order to make this country successful is to put the money back into the people who are the backbone of this country, the middle class. I've said it before, if you have an investment portfolio, and on one side you have something creating no money or any return for you, or you have another investment where a lot of return is coming from it. Where do you put your money? You don't put it in the money, or you don't put it in the place where they're not generating anything. That would be the rich who don't pay taxes. What you do is you help the middle class to flourish, have them make more money so that your company or your country makes more money. But see, Democrats and Republicans for years and decades have never believed that. Well, they may have known that, but it was more expeditious for them to give money to the rich so they could put more money in their pocket. 
The problem is politicians, generally speaking, are there to work for themselves, even though they've been hired to work for us. And that is Democrats and Republicans. I'm not happy with either party. I'm not happy with either club. But at this moment in time, we need the Democrats to work hard. And if they're going to get us some stuff, let's fucking grab it. And let's put the Republicans out of the equation. So that's the way I feel about it. I, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican because just because Donald Trump sucks and the Republican Party sucks doesn't make the Democratic Party the hero. They're just doing what they do to win. And that's good for us if we can benefit from it. But when they get all the power and Republicans get blown out, what's going to happen? If Democrats don't have any competition from the Republicans, what's going to happen? Where's the motivation for them to work for us? They can go back to giving money to the rich and putting money in their pocket. That may sound cynical to you, but we've seen it for years and years and years. Who's to say that's not going to happen again? What I believe is we as a people need to get the control back in this country. Let these people know they work for us, whether they be Democrat or Republican, and they must do our bidding or their time in their office will be fucking short. <laughs> okay, hopefully hopefully that makes sense to you. All right, the next one. This one comes from Bruce. Hey, Mike, I'm all caught up with your current podcasts, and I find myself going back to some of your earlier podcasts. Bruce, you need a hobby. <laughs> anyway, I was listening to your podcast dated December 3rd, 2021, episode RB225 with keen interest. You know, most of mine are time sensitive, so not a lot of people go listen to my old podcast. But Godspeed to you, to quote uh, Albert. Um, I have a slightly different take on the abortion issue. Like you, I could not and would not abort any of my children or grandchildren and would encourage others to do likewise. But I was around when abortions were illegal, and what's often overlooked are the unintended consequences. Declaring something illegal doesn't mean that it goes away. It simply drives it underground where back-alley practitioners try to perform abortions, often to the detriment of the mother and the fetus. If the past is prologue and the Republican Supreme Court is successful in overturning this established law, they will be responsible for deaths of women who are simply trying to exercise their freedom of choice. From my perspective, it's the unintended consequences that fail to grasp your thoughts. I don't talk about abortion a lot because I'm very confused about it. I'm not smart enough to have an answer for this. Now, if you were to ask me when I was in my early 20s, what do you think about abortion? I would have said, cool, you know, whatever. If that's what they want to do and it's legal, fine, go ahead. But then I had kids, and it was harder for me to imagine an abortion because I've seen where my kids turned out to be. They're 34 and 28. I now have grandkids. Had abortion been... Uh, a concept, well, it was a concept then, but if we'd ever considered doing it, think about all we've lost out. So in some senses, I'm against abortion. But in other senses, I am for women having their constitutional rights and the choice over their own body. To take that way is fucking ridiculous. I mean, let's be perfectly honest. 
Republicans are always screaming about, we're going to take away the Second Amendment rights. For me, who's more on the liberal sides of things, I will say this. I don't think they should take away the Second Amendment rights. They should just read it properly and define it properly. They've perverted that thing and made it say things that it doesn't say for their benefit. I don't think at any point in time our government should ever have the power to take away any right that we are afforded by the Constitution. Let's be honest. Um, Roe v. Wade is settled law. It's, it's, it's uh, protected by the Constitution. I couldn't see myself in a situation where I would elect to have an abortion, but I'm in a much different situation than other people. I'm 60, going to be 62 years old. My kids are grown. Um, I wouldn't recommend them to have, a, have an abortion because I see what these kids turn out to be in their joy that they bring, and I wouldn't want to stop that. But there are other circumstances. There's rape. There's incest. There's all kinds of things. And the bottom line is you can't just say 51% of America, all women, you have this right now, but we're taking it away from you. That's a bad precedent for this country. If they can take away one right, They'll take away more rights. And these will be rights that may affect these people that want the abortion laws to be repealed. And we've seen it a little bit. You know, we've seen these little kangaroo fucking half-ass ideas where Texas and some other states are trying to pass these state laws to kind of subvert the whole Roe v. Wade thing. Well, then California comes in and they say, well, if you can do that with abortion, we can do it with gun laws. We'll make state laws that allow people to sue you if you sell AK-47s or, or, or AR-15s or whatever. And so now you're going to get all the uh, Trumplicants, the people that are all about their Second Amendment rights, screaming and yelling because you can't take away our rights. But they sure feel good about taking away the other rights. See, that's the problem. People don't under the, understand the Constitution. The Constitution isn't about what you like or what you don't like. It's the law. And even if you don't like it, if it's in the Constitution, you're fucking stuck with it. Deal with it. Now, Roe v. Wade has been settled law for, what, like 50 years? That was never expected to be touched once it was settled. But now these people, these fucking ignorant evangelicals, these hypocrite uh, wannabe religious people, want to repeal that. But as I've said before, these are the same people that don't want to give any money back to women who have kids that are starving. Case in point, we had the child tax credit. It was giving money to people with kids. It raised 50% of the kids out of poverty. But we couldn't get the Build Back Better bill passed as of yet, and that child tax care credit went away. So now those 50% of children that were taken out of poverty are now sent back in poverty. And you can thank the Republicans for that. Joe Manchin and Cinema as well. I don't know what they have against kids, but if you're going to fight for abortion rights to be repealed... You better be willing to support the kids that need it the most.
Somebody asked me, are you uh, pro-life or pro-abortion? I don't know. I don't, I'm not smart enough to answer that because I don't have a dog in that fight. I think all women should have their rights. I don't think any human should have rights taken away. I think people should have a choice of what they do to their body. And uh, that should be the very least somebody should expect or get when they live in this country and they're citizens of this country. You see, it's, it's all pretty ridiculous. They want what they want, but there are things they don't want and they want to take it away from you. That's not right. That's not how this country was built. And I have to be honest with you, if the Supreme Court comes back and they try to overturn Roe v. Wade, that will be the ultimate demise of the Republican Party. As I said, we got 50, 51 percent of the women that are women in this country. You take away a constitutional right from them, that's going to be hung around your neck and not one of them is going to fucking vote for you. Well, there might be some crazy evangelical women that are 75 years old that can't have kids anyway. But most women will say, how dare you fucking do that to me? How dare you take a right away from me? You people would be uh, screaming like stuck pigs if we took your gun rights away from you, but you have the audacity to do this. Overturning Roe v. Wade will be a huge mistake for the Republicans. They will get trounced if that happens. I mean, you think about the Republicans, and they're, they've got no platform, no policies. They don't want to do anything. They're pissing off all women. They're pissing off people of color because they're racist and they're trying to suppress votes. Who, who do they have left? Old white people. Well, frankly, there's not enough old white people for this, for them to win anything. I heard a, a stat, and I don't know the actual numbers. You know that boomers and millennials have about the same amount of people in this country. It's around 70, 72 million. I think millennials have surpassed boomers a little bit. But there's a lot of people in the boomer generation and in the millennial generation. What I'd heard recently was that for the first time there will be more millennials in a position to vote than there are boomers. And that tells us a lot. You know, and this is why the Republicans are upset and concerned. They're losing their grasp very quickly. That's why they want to cheat. That's why they want to stuff as many things their way in now because they know they aren't long for this world in terms of power in politics. Millennials are going to be more powerful than boomers, and that was always coming. We've got people of color, Hispanic people, LGBTQ people. We've got a lot of people that don't like what the Republicans are doing, and their power is slipping away. They know it, and that's why they're fighting so hard, so desperately to hold on to power. But they're going to lose it eventually, no question about it. And I think it's good. As I've said before, it's time we, we, we get rid of the old white man running this country. Somebody like me or older than me, our futures are behind us. We're going to live out our life. Everything will be fine. The future is in the hands of the millennials, some of the Gen Xers, uh, Gen Zs, whatever. 
they should have an opportunity to set up what the future looks like for them because they will be here, we will not. And we're going to see some different things in 2022. Everybody keeps saying, oh, the Republicans are going to win. They've always run every time in history. But the fact of the matter is we're experiencing things right now in this country that we've never seen in history. So to compare uh, this uh, midterm election to other midterm elections doesn't make sense. People are going to be in a different place. We're going to find things out about the Republicans. We've got Republicans trying to take rights away from women and people of color and LGBTQ. They are destroying themselves from the inside. There isn't going to be enough people to vote for these fucks. Even if they try to suppress votes, people are going to come out in mass like they did in 2020 because they're afraid of what might happen if Republicans regain control. This is what's going to happen in 2022. I'm convinced of this. So in terms of the abortion thing, I appreciate anybody's opinion on it. I'm not going to argue the point because I'm not smart enough and I don't have a dog in the fight. But I'm really troubled when anybody says we're going to take somebody's constitutional rights away from them. That's a bad precedence, and that just sets things up to have more rights taken away from us. And we're a democracy. That's not supposed to happen. It should not happen, and we should fight like hell to make sure it doesn't happen. All right, we're going to take a break, and we will be right back. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, let's turn to the Russian-Ukrainian war. That is a fucking mess. That's all you see on the TV news. It's on and on and on. The atrocities, the devastation, the destruction, the death. It's appalling to watch. And Russians have uh, yesterday shelled a theater in uh, Mirapol. And that theater was being used as a bomb shelter by roughly a thousand Ukrainians. Now, the bulk of the Ukrainians in this particular theater were women and children. We don't know if there's any survivors because they can't get in the building. The building collapsed and there's still a lot of shelling going on over there. So they can't even get in to rescue anybody that may have survived. Now the building, it's interesting about this building. We've got Vladimir Putin telling us that uh, they aren't targeting civilian targets. They aren't going after women and children. But that's all they seem to be doing. Everything they're hitting now is civilian targets. And at this particular building, what they did, because it was a bunch of women and children kind of trying to avoid being bombed and the bombs that were falling all over, outside uh, they had big signs that said in Russian, children, children. So, and they had it in the, the driveways too, and 
big chalk markings and signs on the thing. So whether you were coming up to it on, on foot or in a tank or something, or flying overhead in a plane, you could see that this particular building had children in it. And what do they do? Well, they fucking bomb it anyway. A thousand women and children in this thing, and they just blow it away indiscriminately. Now, people are debating whether what Russia is doing is indiscriminate or they are targeting civilians, women and children. For as many of the civilian targets as they've hit, it's got to be intentional. It's got to be deliberate. And I think what they're what Vladimir Putin and the Russians are trying to do is trying to break the back of the people of Ukraine. Because, see, here's the thing. If he goes in there, takes over Kiev and some of the other cities, and takes control of Ukraine, he doesn't have enough manpower to really operate Ukraine. And he either needs to get rid of the Ukrainians or turn them to his favor in order to continue to operate in Ukraine. And clearly, we know the Ukrainian people aren't having this shit. They don't like Vladimir Putin. Hell, the people in Russia don't like Vladimir Putin. So he's in trouble. So what they're doing is going out and hitting civilians, kids, women, older people. And they're doing it deliberately. And these are war crimes. These are absolute war crimes. Now, beyond that, we're hearing that Russian troops, and this is what I find really appalling. Beyond that, we are hearing that Russian troops are looting businesses and residential areas. I mean, they're going in and stealing property, money, whatever they can get their hands on. You know, these pieces of shit are nothing but fucking criminals from the get-go. But we're also hearing that uh, some real atrocities are going on, that these troops are raping and killing women and children. Are you fucking kidding me? It's not bad enough you destroy their country, run people out of their country, kill these people. You have to go in there, you fucking animals, and you have to beat and kill and rape women and children. This is a special kind of fucking evil. This is... Uh, next-level murderous, des- murderous despot. I'm talking about Vladimir Putin. Now, yesterday, Joe Biden said that Vladimir Putin is a war criminal. That's kind of a big move for one leader of a country to say the other is a war criminal. That's a big step. You don't see that very often. They're usually cautious with what they say. But Joe was absolutely right. Everything he's doing in Ukraine, Vladimir Putin, is a fucking war criminal. Now, of course, when uh, Vlad heard this, uh, heard Joe Biden calling him a war criminal, that enraged Putin. And uh, he lashed back, as you might guess. I mean, that's who Vlad Putin is. He's a narcissistic piece of shit. And if you say something negative to him, he will come back with something negative as well. See, Putin loves to try to tell the citizens of Russia that this military action, that's what he calls it, is going as planned. Everything's going smoothly. Vladimir Putin is a genius and his powerful army is doing exactly what he expected. And they are righteous in their fighting in Ukraine. They're fighting against Nazis, and they were attacked by Ukraine. So now they are trying to gaslight the citizens. And as we know, there are people 
getting the information back to the citizens, and he's starting to lose favor there because people are realizing what, in fact, he's doing. As I've said before, Russia and Ukraine have always been kind of brother countries. People have friends in Russia and Ukraine. People have family in Ukraine who live in Russia and vice versa. There was no reason or no way anybody could imagine that they would attack Ukraine, and nobody in Russia would have been for it. I'm convinced... um, Putin, what Putin said today in his warning um, is, is really kind of unnerving. Putin made a statement after Joe Biden said he was a war criminal. And he said the West was seeking to use a fifth column to bring about destruction of Russia. That such a natural and necessary self-purification of society will only strengthen our country. Now, you hear that? First of all, he's saying we're being attacked, which they're not. And then he uses the term self-purification. That's the thing that troubled me more than anything. What I got the impression is when he said self-purification, immediately what came to mind was ethnic cleansing. Now, ethnic cleansing has a different kind of connotation. I mean, that's kind of Nazi Germany or Bosnia-Herzegovina level of fucking evil. That's frightening. So that tells me that the people in Ukraine or people that are against him He wants to exterminate them. He wants to be rid of them. He wants to get them off the face of the earth. And Vladimir Putin has said this. He says Ukraine is not a real country. It's part of Russia. And the people of Ukraine don't fucking count. Now, we bandied about the fact that Vladimir Putin is, in fact, a war criminal. And there have been war criminals in our history, throughout the world, that have been really, really bad. But there are some that are even worse. There's Pol Pot, um, I think he was in Cambodia, uh, Hitler in Nazi, in Nazi Germany. We've got um, uh, Mussolini, people like that. These people that are just going outright killing people for the sake of fucking killing people. They don't have any reason for it. And that's what we know about Vladimir Putin in Ukraine. He had no reason to attack Ukraine. His ego was getting bruised because they were turning more to the West, and he didn't like it. He thought he could change it. Well, that's fine, but it's not his fucking country. Ukraine is a sovereign country. He had no business going in there. He went and attacked, unprovoked, to try to get his way. And now... Well, now he's struggling. He's struggling big time. fact of the matter is he's fucking losing. And now he doesn't know what to do. So he calls Syria. Hey, send some people because I need some help in this war. He goes to Belarus. Hey, send some people. I need some help. He even went to fucking China. Now, China is not going to help him with troops or anything, really. You might They might get him MREs and that sort of shit. But they've already talked about helping Ukraine in humanitarian issues and with money and that sort of thing. And that's a problem for uh, 
Vladimir Putin because he was really counting on China to back him up. But I think what China saw, as crazy as uh, Xi is in, in China, he's saying, uh, this guy's a fucking madman, and he fucked up. Now, it would have been different if Vladimir Putin went into Ukraine and took it over in three days. Then China and Xi would all be behind him, say, yeah, he's a conquering hero. We're right behind him. But now that he's in this quagmire, China's not feeling it too much. They don't want to really be associated with a sociopathic, psychopath, narcissistic piece of shit, even if Chi is that same kind of guy, and he probably is. But they don't want any part of that. This is going to be a mess. This can only mean um, the end of Vladimir Putin, and that's what's going to happen. Uh, we've seen it in other authoritarian countries. He's going to be gone one way or another. That's the only way the war ends, and that's the only way things get straightened out. If Vladimir Putin is gone, and the only way we can see anybody taking him out, it's going to be the Russian military because he's already embarrassed the Russian military. He's losing. He's got people dying. He's losing equipment. He's costing the entire country money. If you don't think the Russian military isn't uh, disappointed, to say the least, well, you'd be wrong, because I'm guaranteeing you there's a bunch of people mad and uncertain about the future of Vladimir Putin. I've heard a lot of experts talk about it, and they've said the same thing. The only way this changes, the only way it stops, is somebody taking Vladimir Putin, somebody within Russian government or Russian military. And that's true. We're not going to send SEAL Team 6 in to kill him. Um... The people in the streets, as much as they're making noise and, and causing problems, that will add to it, but they won't be, be able to be in a position to pull them out. It's going to have to be somebody close. And I think it's reasonable to think that will happen. Too much bad shit is raining down on Russia, and people are going to be tired of it. And since this guy is showing no, no uh, hint of doing the right thing and trying to right the country. It seems like he's purposely running Russia into the ground while he's decimating Ukraine. Russian people are bad people. They want to live their lives. They want to be happy. They want some joy. They, you know, they're like us. But you get a madman on the level of Hitler or one of these other murderous despots, People are going to want to get rid of them. That's the one thing about those kinds of people. They never last. They end up leaving in a bad situation, either sent out of the country or sent out in a body bag. And I think one of those two things is what we're going to see with Vladimir Putin, hopefully sooner than later. Now, there are two guys that can be described as their own worst enemy. I'm talking about Donald Trump and Mike the Pillow Guy Lindell. All you have to do is let these fuckers talk. They will bury themselves every damn time. That's why I think they should put them back on Twitter, meaning Donald Trump, because every time he goes out and says something or releases a statement, he implicates himself in another fucking crime. We don't have to depose him. Just let him back on Twitter. Let him say all the shit he wants to say because he always fucks up. Now, Mike Lindell, while on Lindell TV, which is basically YouTube with no viewers, 
was railing on Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold. Apparently, she isn't buying into all the evidence that uh, Lindell says he has regarding election fraud. Let's be honest, Mike, nobody's buying into it. You haven't showed us one shred of evidence, and you haven't won one court case. You haven't overturned any election through your auditing. Nothing has happened. You keep screaming that you have all the best evidence, but you never show it to anybody. I'm thinking, Mike, maybe you don't have it. Well, he was railing against Colorado Secretary of State Jenna Griswold, as I said. Um, And he said, she will end up in prison, prison, and more prison. He goes on and says, Jenna Griswold is a criminal beyond all criminals. One of the most evil criminals this country has ever seen. I don't even know who this woman is. She's the Secretary of State of Colorado. She's probably as surprised as fucking anybody. And then he goes on to say, but I've got news for you, Jenna. It's already too late. You already committed murder, and we caught you. (laughs) Now, his own host says, holy fuck, he went over the deep end there. And he says, Mike, murder? Really, murder? And then Lindell realized he fucked up, and he says, uh, well, that was, you know, that was just an analogy. No, Mike, it sounded like you said she was a murderer. That's exactly what you said. Didn't sound like an analogy at all. In fact, I don't know, even know if you understand what the word analogy means, because that's not really an analogy. Like I say, they will fuck themselves every time they open their mouth. But here's the thing. What he said about this Secretary of State in Colorado is libelous. And the last thing this dumb fuck needs is another lawsuit. Remember, he's being sued by Dominion for $1.3 billion, which he doesn't have. He tried to get it overturned or, or dismissed. He couldn't do that. Dominion has said, now, we're not settling with anybody. Nobody could come close to settle what we need. We're going to court, and we are suing. So Mike Lindell, Lindell's on the fucking hook. He's going to be toasted, fried, and sent away. He won't go to jail over it, but his life will be ruined. Any money he has will be gone. His company will be closed because he will be decimated economically. You know, it's really funny watching Donald Trump or Mike Lindell speak. It's surprising that there are anybody, is anybody that's willing to listen and believe what they say. Because when you watch them talk, you realize they're not very articulate. They're not very smart. They talk like a seventh grader when they make their claims and threats and all that sort of stuff. How anybody takes them seriously, I have no fucking idea. If I was in a restaurant or a bar or a grocery store and I had somebody come up to me and talk like Donald Trump and uh, Mike Lindell do, I'd fucking laugh at him. I'd say, you're too dumb for me to waste any time talking to. I can't talk to you at your low level here. You're stupid. You're ignorant. Go rant at somebody else. I can't talk to you. But, of course, in this country, we get the media and we get the Trump fucks say, oh, my God, what he said was genius, (laughs) even if it's a lie, even if it's a proven lie. So I just hope Mike Lindell keeps talking, keeps on his little TV network that isn't shit, 
that nobody watches that's been a failure. And then you've got Donald Trump with his brand new big time app, Truth Social. That's failing so badly, nobody can even get on it. Apparently there's a waiting list to be a member. Have you ever been on a waiting list to be a member of an app? What the fuck is going on there? Technologically, they're having big problems. <clears throat> the only thing on it is uh, memes from other platforms. It's boring as shit. Even the people that love Trump don't like the platform. He claims they got a billion dollars into it. Well, I'd hate to have my money in it because they're going to be fucking losing it. Just like Donald Trump does everything. He loses money and it fails. Now, going back to the Ukraine war, uh, President Zelensky spoke to Congress yesterday, but via Zoom, via video. And, of course, he's looking for more help. He's in a desperate situation. He's looking for any and all help he can get. Now, it was a heart-wrenching and compelling speech. Everyone gave him applause. They stood up, standing ovation as a sign of support. That is everybody but Marjorie Taylor Greene. She not only didn't stand up, she didn't clap, and she appeared to be disinterested. Now, Joe Manchin, he did get up and clap, but there was some video of him during the speech, and he's dicking around, probably playing Candy Stripe or whatever on his fucking iPad. He wasn't even paying attention to the speech, and he was doing something on his iPad. Candy Crush, not Candy Stripe. Candy Stripe's a different thing. Probably playing Candy Crush on his fucking iPad, for Christ's sake. But the fact of the matter is, is both these two are incredibly disrespectful. And you would expect more out of our representatives or our senators. We've got somebody in a real tough situation. His people are dying. He's looking for help. And he's getting help. But these fucking people can't even pay them any attention. They don't want to hear it. And that is appalling. That is not what they're there for. They're there for, to work for us and also hopefully try to make the world a little better place. We've got Russians going into Ukraine, killing people, innocent people, raping kids and women. It's fucking appalling. And you're going to play on your fucking iPad or you're going to ignore them and not even acknowledge their pain. It's fucking appalling. And that's the kind of people we have in our elected office. Going back to what I talked about before, that's why I don't like Democrats or Republicans. There are some good ones. I'll grant you that. There are some I can name. But I don't know them well enough to know if they'd be good all the time. You know, like when it's between us and them benefiting. Will they Go to us at their detriment. I doubt there's many people that will in elected office at this point. If they are, I hope I find out who they are, and I will certainly vote for them because that is their job. Now, Republicans would have you believe that Joe Biden is doing nothing for Ukraine. (laughs) And it strikes me as funny. Because when Donald Trump was in office, he was trying to hurt Ukraine. He was trying to break up NATO. He was trying to vilify Ukraine. He was trying to coerce and blackmail the president of Ukraine. And now all the Republicans are all upset. Joe's not doing enough for Ukraine as they're being attacked by the uh, the Russians. 
which is ironic as well because they at some point earlier on supported the Russians and supported Vladimir Putin. So it's hard to keep track of where they're at because they keep flip-flopping around. But Joe Biden has done a lot for Ukraine, as much as he thinks he can do. And I'm going to explain this for you. I did a TikTok about it, and I'll do it here. Now, Joe Biden just announced that he's handing over $800 million worth of uh, military hardware and some cash to Ukraine. They're getting anti-aircraft systems. They're getting guns. They're getting all tanks. They're getting all kinds of stuff from America. They're going to be able to use it to defend their country. Now, of course, when Zelensky was talking to Congress, he said, we need you to close the airspace. We need some planes. We keep hearing about these planes, but the planes never make it to Ukraine. And people are saying, Joe, why are you holding back? In fact, Congress is even saying, send them some fucking planes. But Joe's holding back on that. And the question is, or the answer is that he's worried about entering into World War III if he does that. So it's a lose-lose situation here. If he doesn't give the weapons, it's going to put Ukraine in a bad shape. But if he does give, when I say, I meant didn't mean weapons, I meant airplanes and closing the airspace. But if he does, we're in World War III. Now, people will ask me, they'll say, well, if you're sending rocket launchers and anti-aircraft systems and guns and all that sort of stuff, why can't you send planes? It's the same thing. And theoretically speaking, it is the same thing, in my mind anyway. But somehow, some unwritten rule says that by sending them uh, weapons and ammunition and all this kind of stuff is more for them to defend their country. And apparently that's okay. As long as you send them stuff to defend their country, they're cool. But planes and shooting down Russian airplanes in closed airspaces... That is an offensive action. That is an attack. And for that, Vladimir Putin would say, okay, we're in the war now. This is World War III. You made an attack on us. That's the difference between the two things. I'm not saying it's right. I'm saying they're splitting hairs here. But they're trying to deal with a mental case on the fucking Russian side of things who God knows what he will do. So Joe's trying to be as as measured and sensible about this as he can. But a lot of people are pressuring him, send the planes in. Do you really want to send the planes in if that turns into a nuclear war? See, that's the problem. People are thinking with their with their emotions and not their heads. And Joe Biden's trying to think with his head. It may not be what everybody likes, but in the long run, it may be the best choice. Now, the question is, will Vladimir Putin really turn to the nuclear weapons. Honestly, I don't think he will. Because there's a process. It isn't like he walks into a room and presses a button. That's not how it works. There's like three or four steps that had to be gone through. And when you're going through those three or four steps to get this done, there's going to be people that aren't crazy, that realize that nuclear war is going to be the end of everything. And they're going to try to stop something. That may be the time when Vladimir Putin is taken out and done away with. Because as much as Vladimir Putin might be crazy and willing to do this, there's a lot of people around him just as scared as anybody else that he might fucking do it. So if he gets close to doing it, expect somebody in Russia to shut that shit down very, very quickly.
So it's a catch-22 situation. Joe wants to help. Republicans say he's doing nothing. Well, he's doing a fucking lot. He just gave them $800 million worth of uh, weapons and such. And he's given money before that. And he's given guns and ammo and, and all kinds of things to help him out. He's doing as much as he feels like he can do. But he doesn't want to take that last step where it looks like an attack and we get into World War III. Some other people are saying, well, we're already in World War III. No, we're not. We've got Russia invading Ukraine. We've got all the NATO nations sitting at the ready, but nobody else is fighting yet. Now, if we just fight a conventional war with Russia, say he doesn't touch the nuclear weapons, 30 NATO nations and the United States, they'll wipe the floor with fucking Russia. Russia won't have a chance. We have too many people, too many weapons, too many planes, too many boats, too many tanks. They could never survive a, 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 a normal battle. It's just that nuclear weapon thing that's hanging in the air that people are concerned about. And make no mistake, Vladimir Putin knows that. He's using that. I don't think Vladimir Putin is crazy or stupid enough to go to the nuclear war thing because that pretty much ends everything, not only for America and Europe, but for Russia and him and his family and stuff. Unless he's really fucking crazy, he's not going to do that. But if he is crazy enough, like I say, there'll be somebody around to stop that. It's still a risk. It's still a gamble. And I understand what Joe is doing. I get frustrated, too. I'd like to see it just get end and wrapped up like that, and it could be if the NATO countries got involved, but there are bigger issues to consider. And uh, me as a 62-year-old guy, I'd say, go ahead and fucking go in and kick their ass and take the risk. But I got kids, and I got grandkids, and I want them to live their lives and have joy and fun and success and that sort of thing. I don't want to be 62 years old, make a stupid decision, and take that all away from them. So it's a tough choice. I don't know how it's all going to shake out. I can only hope somebody in Russia takes care of this for the world. All right. We're going to wrap up the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you very much for spending time and listening. I always appreciate that. And again, I want to give you the heads up. This was your normal Rational Boomer podcast, and we'll continue to do these to infinity. But the next two podcasts are going to be different. They aren't going to be like this at all. I mean, it'll be me, and it'll be me talking about shit, but it won't be any of this shit. And again, the reason for that is I'm going to be out of town. I'm leaving later today, probably shortly after you hear this, and I'll be gone for two or three days. I won't be in a position to do podcasts. So I recorded the podcast yesterday on Wednesday, and I can't do that with current news because I'm two days ahead, uh, behind time on it. I didn't want to give you the wrong information. So what you're going to hear is different than you're used to. But give it a listen. You may like it. You may not. But feel confident that when I get back on Sunday night, we will be back into our normal routine with the Rational Boomer podcast. So you have a great day. And since I won't be talking to you here directly, I'll be in the past. 
I hope you have a great weekend. I hope it's safe for everybody. I hope everybody just has fun and enjoys life in spite of all the bullshit that's going on. So you have a great day, great weekend, and we will talk to you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.